Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. Hey, Mike, we are back with another episode of the Hall of Fame gaming podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Matt? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The Hall of Fame podcast is like that lucky penny that you're walking down the street, you see it and you go, I didn't know I needed that, but I'm going to need that. I pick that lucky penny up every single time. By the way, I need the the positive boost uh, in my day to be like, well, someone thinks I should have good luck today, so I'm going to go ahead and take it. And that's what we're about. We're about giving you guys that positive boost. And Mike, we're here to talk about a titan of a genre that we've never really touched upon. Yeah, and to be quite honest with you, this is outside of this game. There are very few experiences I've had in this genre. So this game was able to really speak to many different people from many different play styles on many different uh, from in many different groups, you know, age groups and and game gameplay style groups and all that stuff. I feel like this game speaks to literally everyone uh, on some degree to the point where like, it's almost even like a joke in and of itself that it's kind of synonymous with gaming. And I still can't believe they're continuing to support it at the level that it's being supported at seven, almost 17 years later, which is just remarkable at this point. Yeah, it's amazing that this game has managed to stay relevant 17 years later. And I think that is credit to Blizzard Entertainment. And yeah, I know we still haven't said the game yet, but I think it's amazing. As you said, 17 years, the game is profitable as ever. It is a giant, it's a titan in the industry. And you and me have discussed on this podcast, many monster games, games that changed the industry, games that made a truckload of money commercially. But this game, again, you can put up there with top of any of them. Yeah, it really is. And it's special because of that. And it's not always that common that a ser- a game that comes later in the game series is able to overshadow everything about everything that came before it. And uh, I'll just go ahead and say we're talking about World of Warcraft today or WoW. Uh, as... or, or, or World of Warcraft, as some people call yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely called it that as well. But World of Warcraft comes from Blizzard, obviously. And the Warcraft series, which I would say that most people who've played World of Warcraft or many of the people who've played World of Warcraft don't even realize or have not really even spent time with the original Warcraft games because World of Warcraft is so very different. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed to find many titles where this is like the fourth or fifth entry into the series. And because they named it World of Warcraft, some people might think, like you said, this is the first in the series, but the other games are so drastically different. Very, very different. I mean, it's crazy that Blizzard went from making a turn-based, not turn-based, it's a a real-time strategy, strategy. yeah, a real-time strategy game and said, well, you know what, there's enough lore here that we can essentially convert this into an open-world, massive multiplayer online RPG. Now, World of Warcraft is not the first of the massively online massive multiplayer online RPGs. It's not, but it's definitely one of the first that really made an impact. I mean, before this, you had EverQuest, you had Ultima online, you had games like dark age of Camelot and even final fantasy 11 was before this. Yeah. Final fantasy 11, uh, Asheron's call, Asheron's yep. call Two. Yep. But nothing ever got to the level of world of Warcraft. And I don't think anything, has gotten to the level of World of Warcraft since, to the point where no one really tries to compete in this genre anymore outside of Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I think some developers are just happy to have a segment of the market, but no one even tries to tackle the success and the size that WoW got to. No, and I don't think anything will come this close for a while, uh, just because well, World of Warcraft is still popular. They're still supporting it with expansions. Uh, it got a new expansion in 2020 with Shadowlands. Yeah, so, and that's what's incredible. You may think they're on their sixth or seventh expansion since they started in 2004. And I think and Blizzard did a wonderful thing in that, you know, you got your level cap at a certain amount, 
They increased it with each expansion, and that is very addicting. You know, any type of RPG role-playing type system to give people a raised level cap, and people get sucked back in for another, you know, year, two years of their life. It was kind of like it's kind of like how now they how when they first started World of Warcraft, where you would first start, you would get a month for free. So it was just enough for you to kind of get the itch of how to play these types of games, and then from there you would go and buy you know, your monthly game cards back when that was how you, a lot of times how you paid for it, or you would uh, buy expansions as they started to release. And now instead of giving you a, a month free, the game is free to play up until I think level 20, but you get to level 20 in these, in this day and age, so incredibly quickly that like you get just enough of the game to be like, Oh, I could see myself playing a lot more of this. And it's etched into my memory starting out as a alliance either human or dwarf walking around that goldmire i think or goldshire area i forget what the name of the town was called but i think it's something along those lines and just like hunting like little kobolds and and like get collecting all these like animal bear animal pelts to bring to like the quest giver so much of the mmo language and vernacular is derived from world of Warcraft and so much of our culture as gamers has been altered and changed by something as omnipresent and, you know, quite good as world of Warcraft is. I remember first playing MMO games a little bit with some of my friends who were really into like Asheron's call dark age of Camelot. Like those games were really, really popular among some of my friends not really they never really saw the mainstream success and i remember the first time hearing that hey blizzard's working on one of these and they're going to call it world of warcraft and as someone who had played a little bit of warcraft and a little bit of warcraft 2 and 3 i was like even that excites even me because that seems like it's something that speaks to a broader audience of fans and i remember first getting world of warcraft when it came out i was working at gamestop at the time and I had purchased it and it was a huge hit. It was a big hit like right away with me. I didn't really have a lot of friends that played it right at the beginning. But after a year or so, I had I had gone to college where you go in the mid in the mid aughts, you would go to college to maybe learn, but mostly play World of Warcraft on their on their land. <laughs> you know, using high speed internet. Um, and and I think that's so important to say because you think about 2004, you think about MMOs today, and obviously we all have Wi-Fi, we all have you know internet set up everywhere. But back then when this first came out, even when they started developing this game, people were using dial-up. Subscription type games were not popular. And Blizzard from where they were coming from, you know, they were known for StarCraft, Diablo, and the Warcraft series, but this was such a huge departure from what they were making prior to this. So I think it's so interesting to now look back, as you said, this game became such a big hit. MMOs had never reached the level of success that this had. And I think it's what you said. This was a more laid back, casual approach for people to get into a game like this. It's also, it's not very intimidating from the outset. Blizzard has this very special way of creating and crafting these very fun and serious experiences without losing any sense of fun and humor because Blizzard's designs and their character designs are a little goofy. They're fun. They're silly. But at the same time, you know, you're trying to save this world from being destroyed by, you know, any number of mass cataclysmic events. But it breaks it down so well, too, so that it can tie into the player's play style and identity as well. And that's what's really big, I think, with these MMORPGs is that you're creating a character that most of the time represents maybe not you yourself, but it could, it very well should and could if you wanted to do that. I think this falls very much in line with that period in time we've talked about, Mike, where every game had to create a character in it. Yeah. And then the 2000s, that was like the thing. Release a game, make it a single or multiplayer game and let people express themselves and create a character. And then by putting it in this third person camera system, it lets you really get attached to this character and grow with it and you know change the spells and attributes and style of the character based on what you like. I think what you said here is 
the art style, like you said, the character, I think the art style made this approachable. It's very different than, you know, Ultima Online was very, very basic as far as art style. It was 2D graphics. And then you had EverQuest, which was very, very basic 3D art style. So this was tremendous. Seeing these cartoon-like graphics come to life was really cool. Yeah, no, it really was cool. And it felt like you were playing like this kind of Saturday morning adventure. You know, it felt like this big world and looking at the map and zooming out and just realizing how big the world here is in World of Warcraft. And for some reason, you know, I can't, uh, I'm trying to, I trying to remember the name of the world. It sounds so stupid that I can't think of it right now, but you would start your game by, like you said, picking your picking and designing your character based on the options that they have, which, you know, are fairly limited if you're going to look at something like Elder Scrolls or like Cyberpunk. It is limited, but it's still very daunting because when you're told to pick a gender and class, you're really stuck within the confines of those classes. So if you choose to be more of a tank or if you choose to be more of a healer, that's kind of who your whole character and in battles and everything you do for months and hours and years to come is based around that, you know, that class system. Absolutely. And it's also one of those things too, is like, are you going to be someone who solos this game uh, mostly? And, you know, you do maybe do raids and, and stuff like that by their like raid finder tool where you can find other players to play with, or are you going to be someone who has a group of friends that plays world of Warcraft together at least two or three times a week and every Friday night you do a dungeon and every Saturday you do something else. Like, are you going to play that way? Cause that's another way to play. And all these it, words that you're saying, Mike, I don't think they necessarily created them, but they've been synonymous now with the MMO series, but raids and things like PVP and all these different social interactions, their servers were called realms, which kind of make it cooler than just saying what server are you guys choosing? So these fractions and things you chose to be a part of, this is MMOs in a nutshell. When you do an MMORPG, these words are just part of the community. Absolutely. They've, they are the vernacular. And they also, they, they don't, like you said, they don't necessarily come from World of Warcraft per se, but they were definitely popularized by World of Warcraft. Like everything has raids now. Even Pokemon Go <laughs> has raids where you can go on dungeon raids with friends, which a lot of that comes from World of Warcraft in terms of like being able to understand how important it is to be able to play a fluid gaming experience with other people. It's the social aspect of World of Warcraft, I think, that keeps people coming back, especially once you start joining guilds and you start going on uh, on adventures with these guilds and working together. When I first started playing World of Warcraft, I actually I played a little bit at the beginning and then fell off because I always fall off MMOs. I'm, I'm terrible uh, at that. But when I really got into it was a few years later, probably not in 2004 or five, but maybe by like 2008, I got back into world of Warcraft. But after, after the burning crusade had come out, that was one of the peak years was around then. Yeah. So once like the burning crusade came out and wrath of the Lich King came out, I purchased those expansions and rebought world of Warcraft for the second time, because in those days you didn't, you didn't have a launcher that, knew that you had bought the game already. So nowadays you just buy it once and then you could just log into your account anywhere. So I had friends who were playing for a few years and they were like, you know, max level. So what they would do is they would help me kind of power level a little bit by taking me on quests with them and on raids and stuff like that. So my first ever real serious character was a dwarven hunter. And I always like to play characters of that variety. I always like the hunter characters or anyone who has like a gun uh, is usually fun in my book. So I had a, a dwarven hunter and his pet was a giant blue velociraptor, which I caught in, in horde territory. So it was a dangerous catch. But luckily I had some level like 60 folks with me at the time. I think 60 was the max who were able to kind of fend off any of the uh, orcs or other members of the horde who might wanted to, you know, kill me before I could do that. Uh, and, and I, it was fun. It was great. It was really great. Just gathering and getting on TeamSpeak or whatever we were using at the time before discord was a thing and just going on raids and finding these dungeons and everyone had their role in this role-playing game. And it was a blast. It was, it was so much fun just to like kill a Friday night to like World of Warcraft and it's like you, you know you look at your watch or your clock and it's already two o'clock in the morning you've been playing for six hours and if time just flew by and while that could be considered a complete waste of time by by most people 
Um, there were bonds and there were friendships that were forged over this type of thing, even from people who weren't friends in, in a, and I want to say real life, but there are people who have made long lasting oh, sure. friendships. I have games like this. I have couples that were, didn't even, weren't even dating at the time. They're now married that started playing wow together, like back in college. And now they're married with kids. And I had friends back in college that just about any day of the week, you could find them in their group and their team who they didn't necessarily know these people from across the world, but they would have a group they'd go on and play together. And that was the community aspect of this game. That's so amazing. And like you said, it is personal choosing your pets, your equipment, your spells, your travel abilities, what vehicles you have, but it's also a team and a group experience. And, and that's the fun of this game. Absolutely. And they just keep adding to it. Unfortunately, um, I was always an Alliance dork when I played world of Warcraft, but I'm a big fan of the fantasy race goblins. But unfortunately they added goblins as playable characters far too late for me to like, want to restart from the beginning. So I never really got to get in there and play a goblin hunter, which I would have loved to have played. Uh, unfortunately with these games, I like having, I like to be able to attack. So I'm all about damage and I'm all about distance attacks. I don't like yeah. to get too close so now me personally at the time while my friends were playing wow and i did give it a try i played some hours and i appreciate it i was more of a city of heroes guy i played a lot of city of heroes actually I, that was the only one that came close yeah i you know there's no way to beat these games so you can't say i beat it but i reached you know the end cap level i um did all the quest missions around there and there's a lot of end game stuff to do with these games there's always daily events there's always events going on as far as based on seasons in the world but I did as much as I could in that game. I went on to play Champions Online, Marvel's Heroes. I played all of these games. And the thing, Mike, that my disconnect for MMORPGs, and I appreciate them. I love what they can bring a community together. My thing is I feel as a character in the world, first off, I don't feel like I'm walking on the ground. I always feel like I'm floating across. I don't yeah. know if you understand what I mean there. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There is definitely... Is definitely like an ice skating. Yes. Uh, kind to, to, to of feel MMOs. To MMOs, yeah. The other thing is when I'm attacking someone, there's something very different to attacking someone in an MMORPG versus, let's say, Wind Waker, where when I attack an enemy, there's a, there's a reaction by the character. And I feel like my attack was timed in this and that. When in MMORPGs, you're basically loading an attack based off one of your attacks at the bottom. And the enemies don't necessarily always even react to it because you have seven other people attacking that same villain or enemy. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect there. It doesn't feel you're not getting the haptic feedback, yes. um, which isn't <laughs> actual haptic feedback, but right. you're not getting that biofeedback. You're not getting that energy of like, I click something and it's something happened. That's why for me, I, I always fall off MMORPGs and I fell off World of Warcraft real hard. Like I just stopped playing one day. I never really tried to get back to it. And that's not because I don't like World of Warcraft or I didn't enjoy my time with it. But like you, I do like to hit something and something happen. Now, that being said, I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy XII, so I'm also a hypocrite. But, <laughs> but at the same time, for me, I had not played Diablo yet. And when I got Diablo three, to me, that felt like more of something that I was a little bit more interested in playing with people because I just want to spam the click button yep. and smash people's faces in. You know, it's funny looking at Warcraft, Starcraft, and Diablo, and you have some DNA there, but they are very different games. You know, you have Diablo is, is designed more as sort of this dungeon crawler where you're kind of going through. It's all about picking up the items, collecting stuff, loot, 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 and, and continuing. Starcraft, again, more strategy it's definitely more heavy on the strategy side of things. And then Warcraft, I think, started out as a mix of both as far as the in the 2D realm. And it took on a whole life of its own. And this game takes, I think, bits and pieces of some of that and just runs with it and goes, goes crazy. Well, the MOBA, right, comes from Warcraft. So uh, Warcraft 3 had a, had a mod called uh, D Dota or Defense of the Ancients, yep. which uh, ultimately turned into MOBA. Uh, what like League of Legends is. So I think Warcraft 3's legacy leads us into like the MOBA space, um, the massive online battle arena games. For those of you who aren't aren't familiar, League of Legends, uh, Dota, Dota 2. Uh, there's even there's a Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. There's a Pokemon one. There's, a, there's not really a Marvel one. There was almost a DC one or there is a DC one. I don't remember. So you have this whole MOBA space that comes out of WoW, 
I'm sorry, not WoW, World Warcraft 3. And then you have World of Warcraft, which has spawned God knows how many MMORPGs. Like you and I both said, you know, we both played, I played a ton of City of Heroes. Uh, I never really played Champions. I played a little bit of Champions. I played a little bit of DC Universe Online. Yep. Um, but in the end, I always lost myself in those, in the way that the timing kind of works out with the MMOs, because that's where I kind of get a little like bored with it, because it's like I'm just hitting the same three buttons in succession over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And the customization does start to wane a little bit after a while. After a while, like when you're playing, there is a meta when it comes to online RPGs. And if you're a part of a group that needs your hunter to act in a specific way in every single raid or you won't be successful, it's like looking at tier lists for fighting games. It's like, all right, well, I don't want to build my hunter this way, but I have to because that's right. the only functional way. Yeah, to do you it. have to look up the build, see what you're supposed to do. What's the best way to build this character? And there is usually a way in most of these games. I'm not sure about WoW. Is after you have all your skill points in, you can usually there's a way to usually go back and reconfigure the points. It's it's different in every game. Yeah, you usually have to pay, I think, money for that, like in game yeah. in game money to do right. that. But you know there are skill trees yep. in these games, so you pick your skills based on what you want to do but often there's one skill tree that's better than another so whether you're a paladin that focuses on like retribution which is like like counterattacks, or you can be like a tank paladin or you can be a healing paladin yep it's all different and each group will dictate what they need their their players to do but often there is a meta that says hey the best paladin is this paladin so if you're going to go on a raid group you're going to need this type of paladin this type of hunter this type of warrior this type of rogue and while that's great and it still allows you to connect with people there is something to it that kind of then stifles your yep. creativity unlike something like uh, an elder scrolls game where you can do whatever the heck you want uh, or you know even breath of the wild to that to that point even though link is not really all that custom customizable there's a customizable way that you can experience the game in the which way you want to play it and unfortunately mmos do fall into that into that realm my issue with with wow was that i was playing it and loving it but i had to like take a week or two off because i had too much stuff going on in my life uh, i was in school i had too many tests i was playing some like big fall release games and the group I had played with when I had tried to get back in was 10 levels higher than me. And it was just like, okay. And, and I think just... games have learned to deal with that. I know at least in like City Heroes, there was like sidekicking where you yeah. can have someone up to your level. I'm sure WoW probably does that by now. I don't know if they did back in the day. But I'm sure they have a way to take someone by your side and level them up. I could be speaking completely out of character here. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't really played WoW uh, in probably 10 years. And uh, I actually... And this is, you know, I, whatever. Uh, I did start it up a little bit over pandemic because I was just like, at the beginning of pandemic, I said to myself, well, I'm going to be inside a lot. I'm not going to be able to leave. I want to be able to connect with my friends. Maybe I could start up a WoW character, this little goblin that I could shoot people with. And maybe I could get other people interested. And instead, they were not interested in playing WoW with me. So we found other ways to connect uh, through other, other different platforms. But that's just it, right? It really is something that I constantly think about going back and playing it. Yep. There's tons of times where like, I'll just be playing something. I'll be like, ah, maybe I should just start a WoW well, again. I, don't I, might, I might get some pushback here. But I think being that this is mostly something you play on your computer, I don't think MMOs have ever really truly succeeded on the console level. And I think that's always not that it's limited its player base because they have tens of millions of subscribers. So it's not hurting their business for people like you and me that sometimes like to have that alternative. I love PC gaming, but sometimes you like to have the controller in your hands. There's certain games that just cater to that. And I know they've had successful games like fantasy star online has done well. I know some of the final fantasy games now are of a console version, even DC universe online has done it. But don't you agree that sometimes being that this game didn't cross over to any successful console experience might hold back people like you or me? I think it definitely did. And I think a lot of people would have probably liked to see this on console. I don't know how you'd be able to do it without it's hard, doing like... It's hard to translate. It is. Um, unless unless you had keyboard mouse support yeah. for a console. Yeah. But also because it's such a PC-centric game, it is price restrictive because... WoW what runs on very low specs. You do not need good specs or great specs for a computer to run WoW well. You could run WoW incredibly well with a low spec computer because that's the that's what Blizzard does. They yep. want access accessibility uh, to the point where 
They want everyone to be able to get their hands on this game and play it. That being said, if you don't have a PC that can run it or your PC gets outdated, then you're looking at a five, six, $700 upgrade to your computer that I don't know if, if anyone's going to do that when you could buy a $400 PlayStation. Right. It, it, you have something there as well that there are people who just like, and there are people who don't want to sit in a computer chair all day after sitting right. in a computer chair all day at work. And I don't care how comfortable your computer chair is. It's not as comfortable as your couch. Oh, absolutely. You, unless you need a new couch. I mean. Yeah, but I think the hook of these games, and I think you said it. I think you said it best before. You said that you'll look at the clock. It's one, two, three in the morning. And the old theory and the old saying is and when you're in a group and the, someone will say, hey, guys, one more quest. And one more quest leads to one more class quest. And the addictive part of that is the end of each quest, you get sometimes a rare item. You get some loot. You get some equipment, you get something, or you just get experience. You just, the, the, the addictive crack nature of leveling up is just, well, your, your stats boost, you get, you know, create some new abilities. And that one more quest is so dangerous. It's the, it's the dopamine rush, right? It's that 2 a.m. third, third Mountain Dew or third caffeinated drink of the night. Just like you're in the headspace, you're half asleep, you're kind of playing on autopilot, you're saying stuff that's ridiculous, but you're playing World of Warcraft with your friends and you're going to beat the heck out of some giant demon. And there's something very special and very, very cool about that. So I need to make a 15 or 16 year old reference here because I feel like it, <laughs> it has taken over. People that don't even know what WoW is have watched this video of Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. And that video, it's not just about, you know, them setting up for this big battle. They're all outside a room they're all planning all the dialogue about it is wonderful where they're calculating the odds of success and they're saying they have a 32.3 percent chance of winning they said this time which means they've done this multiple times and then as they're planning they just see Leroy you see him in the corner of the screen just run into the room to face all the dragons and then everyone is just cursing him out as they're all getting the whole party is getting wiped out so this what happened with that is that 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 raid in World of Warcraft, I'm not sure if it's a raid. There's two different things. There's raids and there's something else. I forget what it is. But that raid, you have to be very careful in that raid because apparently there's a bunch of dragon eggs that you can waken. You could, by pulling the aggro from aggro, them, yes, uh, which is getting the uh, the enemy Actually, to attack yeah. you uh, by waking up the dragon eggs and having them hatch. You completely could destroy whatever party you're going in with. And Leroy was just done, I guess. I, I mean, he wasn't there. Uh, for The way the story boils down was that he was like getting food or something while they were <laughs> discussing this. I don't know how true this is. This is all urban legend. Oh, like, it's, the, the whole, it's still got a life of its own, this yeah, story. Yeah, like forget it. The, the story is so epic. Leroy was apparently, he got up, apparently got some food, missed the whole thing about how they were going to go their strategy, sits down, says, all right, let's do this. Leroy Jenkins and runs in. And completely, uh, completely TPKs his party. Now, that is genius. That is genius on a level that I will never be able to understand. You know what? I think anyone who's played an MMO has played once or twice with some guy that you just hate in your party. Oh, no. <laughs> that you group up with and he runs into a room before you're supposed to or he aggros a whole other group. He brings in a group of from the next area and brings them towards you. And you're like, no, no, we can't take on those guys. And you're running away. You're just trying to survive. And this is just so classic. It's the whole two minute setup to it. But the whole video, if you've not watched it, do a simple YouTube search and watch the epic Leroy Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins is so, is such a piece of meme and internet history that, like you said, everyone knows it. I think all of us at some point, right before we were about to do one of something probably fairly foolhardy and uh, potentially stupid, has run in headlong singing, screaming Leroy Jenkins. And if you haven't done that at some point in your life, if you haven't, then you haven't lived. <laughs> if there's been a point where, let's just say, you're going to like go, you're going to red run headfirst into the ocean, right? If there isn't a point in your life where you hadn't done something risky, foolhardy, and a little silly, and haven't said, all right, let's do do this, and screamed Leroy Jenkins, then you have not lived, my friend. It could mean anything, all right? It could be it could be just about anything. You, could, you know, I've done it jumping into a freezing cold pool. I've done it, you know, you know, driving my car through a snowstorm. I've drink. seen people go to take a drink, take a shot, and they, <laughs> they start with Leroy Jenkins. 
Jenkins, then they take their shot. So it can really be, it's taken on a whole life of its own. Leroy Jenkins has his own life. And even within the world of Warcraft and everything oh. outside of it, Hearthstone, the Blizzard made virtual card game, which is a lot of fun if you're into card games. I've played a lot of Hearthstone. That's, that's forget it. World of Warcraft, I played a bunch of. Hearthstone was like my life for like three or four years. Like every oh, wow. day, two or three games a day. I played Hearthstone like crazy. Now I just switched it out with Magic the Gathering Arena. So um, there's even a Leroy Jenkins card in Hearthstone because Blizzard knew how great that was and how that's great awesome. that moment is. It's It's so good. So you know, Mike, we have a wonderful fantasy game here. It's got, you know, your orcs, your trolls, your goblins, your demons. It's got everything we love about fantasy. It, as you said, it's building upon a 17-year and still going. I mean, they brought back the classic. They brought yeah. back the classic Warcraft, the original game this past you play, year. You can play the vanilla version of World of Warcraft called yeah. the Warcraft Classic if you want to go back and feel what it was like to game in 2004. Some of us can't turn around and feel like what it was like to game. And well, I think I can go back as far as like 19, 1985 with the stuff I have sitting behind me. But some people really want to recapture that. And while nostalgia can be a problem because it can, it can limit our experiences with that. But I think it can but, also bring in maybe people that played it back in the day fell off and maybe they're in there mid to late thirties, early forties, fifties. And they say, you know what? I want to experience that again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, the retro gamers in us are like, yeah. yes, that's what we've been talking about forever. Guys, we understand while you want to go back and play something from 15, 16, 17 years ago, there's something about that. And it also shows you how important that game was at that time and how much it was doing, especially if you've gone off to play other MMOs, like some of us have tried. You go back and play World of Warcraft Classic, and it's just like, oh, I get, I get why this was so special when this came out, and I still understand why this is so special. That yeah. being said, I'm definitely a fan of expansions. Every time the ex an expansion comes out for World of Warcraft, I look, I take a hard look at myself and go, huh. do I want to give this a shot again? And I, in some cases, I have. I did, I did uh, pick up the rise, the mists of Pandaria. I did pick that up when it came out. I did play a little bit as a, as a, as a panda bunk. I thought that was a lot of fun. But I never really fully got back into it. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another game that has gotten this many expansions and this much support over this kind of period of time. I don't think it exists. No, and it keeps doing what it does very, very well. It yeah, even has so a Pokemon variant, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. It does. So this game gets credited for really tapping into an untapped market. It did not punish you for deaths. People say that it gets a lot of credit for when you die. You can come back easily. Some other games, it was a little more punishing. This game on a commercial success, as you said, hundreds of millions accounts, over 100 million accounts, tens of millions of subscribers, over $10 billion in revenue. It is considered the greatest MMORPG of all time. It's hard to argue that. It's yeah. considered one of the top games of all time. And as far as highest grossing, it's up there with Street Fighter 2, Pac-Man and Space Invaders. Like that's insane. Like you're going back to arcade days of quarters and machines as far as grossing how much money this game has made. Well, you know, MMORPGs kind of kind of almost have maybe not the arcade uh, mentality, but it definitely triggers the same parts of the brain because this game is built to get you hooked. That's what it's built to do. It's built to get you yep. hooked like an arcade game is. But instead of punching quarters in nonstop, World of Warcraft just takes a, a monthly a monthly fee from you. And some and people, because they pay a monthly fee, I feel like inside they feel almost obligated to play it more because you say, you know what? I'm subscribed for the month. I might as well get my money's worth. Well, that's the thing too. So many people, gaming changed after World of Warcraft. We're like, not that single player games were dead and they're still not dead. Obviously, we've we've seen that they're not dead at all. But people started having like everyday games. Yep. The games that were, was the game that that's the game you play every single day. That game is like your gaming job. And then when you're done with your gaming job is when you go and adventure out and play some other stuff. And that mentality has stuck, especially with the free to play stuff, especially with the games as service stuff, yeah. especially with the people have their daily rewards, daily quests, daily check ins. And I think this is prior to 
Xbox online subscriptions and PlayStation online subscriptions. I don't even know if, if like Counter-Strike and those big online communities were, it might be around this time that, that kind of online world, the PC, the PC world had definitely done online prior to console. And, but like you said, this became people like there, I have to do this every day. I have to check in. I have to do a quest or two. And then maybe they had other gaming they did, but this was like their necessity. And that, that mentality has carried on. Yep. Uh, whether, Especially whether, with the mobile gaming. Mobile gaming, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would actually argue that mobile, mobile gaming is actually more like the arcade. Yeah. Uh, mobile gaming is actually, to me, kind of like the modern version of what the arcade was. And even games like Animal Crossing to this day that's, on consoles. That's, yeah, that's because, what I was going to say. You know, we don't want weeds, you know? We want to check in and make exactly. sure. We don't, we don't want our friends to hate us. We don't want weeds in our island. We want to get all the new <laughs> stuff every single time. Yep. So this mentality, this gameplay style has permeated through pretty much every every outlet um whether like you said it's animal crossing or i was playing tetris 99 yep, for a yep. while splatoon was like that if you want to talk about nintendo stuff but also stuff like fortnite and uh PUBG and and uh and games, apex legends and these are games that are free to play so it's amazing how incredibly profitable they are when if you looked at wow back in the day maybe if that came out today maybe it would be a free which it kind of is to, up to level 20 but you think about these games and just how it's changed it really, it really changed everything. World of Warcraft yeah. was a was a benchmark in online gaming, and it showed and taught us what an online gaming community needed to be. Yep. And uh, I think so many people will go back to WoW when talking about how online communities uh, have have been forged over time. And a lot of the shooter games have clans, and they had groups that you could join and stuff like that, and you would play with these people all the time. But World of Warcraft had it did it a little differently, and the the online RPGs do it a little differently because you have to play with the group yeah. a lot of the time. And while they've made it easier to get matched with other people, you have to kind of do that, and it always gives you another another benefit for playing more. It's like you have to be level fifty before you can do player versus player or you have to be level 40 before you could do this raid or you have to be level 60 unless you want to do this and then you have to grind honor honor for months on end so it's they keep giving you more stuff it's that carrot right they keep dangling that carrot in front of you and you keep running after it and you're never going to fully grab it because i don't think anyone who's really really into wow is ever really officially done with it when yeah when people get out of wow it's never because like okay I beat the game. No. It, no, it's maybe something else distracted them or pulled them away from it, but there's no beating. Wow. There's no finishing. Wow. Wow. will always be there for you when you need it. Yeah, totally. And before we finish our conversation, I want to shout out to my character. I created back in city of heroes. His name was thunder guy. I wanted a very generic sounding superhero. He looked like the Flash, but he was in all yellow. Actually, looks like Reverse Flash. Thinking back, oh, cool! Like or or Professor Zoom. Yes, yes. And he would shoot thunderbolts. He, everything was lightning based. It was excellent. It was great. And I sunk so many hundreds. I, I probably two to three hundred hours easily into playing that game. And I, I look back at that time fondly. I think time in an MMO world, if you have a bunch of friends, whether people you know in real life or not. I think it's such an engaging way to game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, when I played City of Heroes, I played a a blaster as well. Yeah, blaster. Uh, my, my brother played a tank, um, and my blaster was a D and D character I had created, actually, uh, a superhero D and D character that I had made, and I had recreated this character in City of Heroes. So I, that was like it was like a personal connection. And to this day, any superhero game, I just remake that character. <laughs> You know, since then, I, every time I make a game, it's always like I, I, I try to figure out what, what class I'm going to like best. And uh, I did play a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen, which almost scratched that itch. I'll tell you, it felt Final Fantasy fourteen is real good. And if you're a single player per, player gamer who wants to do storyline stuff, Final Fantasy fourteen is very, very good at that. And uh, the customization and the job class combinations are awesome. What I've heard about fourteen is that it stumbled out of the gate. And I've heard that it made like the best turnaround, like in gaming, as far as like being able to recover from a bumpy start to now being a really good game. Well, once they released the Realm Reborn, which I think came out like a year after Final Fantasy 14 originally launched and Square, kudos to them because they were just like, 
yeah, this game's not good, guys. We're going we're gonna to fix it. And they did. And they re-released it as A Realm Reborn. And ever since then, it's been real good. And also during pandemic, I was like, I'm going to give Final Fantasy XIV a try. Maybe my friends will be interested. Nobody wanted to play it. But <laughs> I played it for a while. I probably pumped like 10, 12, 15 hours into it. Awesome. And I had a monk that was... Uh, was beating the snot out of everything. And it was cool. If Because you know why? I'm also a sucker for Final Fantasy visuals. So having like those yeah. characters and the visuals and those job classes, oh my gosh. I was a sucker for, there was a Dragon Ball online MMORPG and it actually came out of Korea. And you were able to access it here in the States, but everything was in a foreign language. So I would log in and play. I'd have no idea what the quests were, but I just wanted to be in the, like you wanted to be in the Final Fantasy world. I just wanted to be in, the Dragon Ball world. And I probably sunk, as you said, 10, 15, 20 hours into a game that I did not understand at all what was happening. Hey, you know what? We've all been there with with uh, games that don't get localized. I'll be yeah. 100% honest with you. I think uh, I've done that too. I don't understand why they don't make that Dragon Ball game. Uh, it should happen. It wasn't bad. It was not bad. So, Mike, I think we'll tidy up our WoW and our MMORPG uh, conversation for today. And I would love to know Please tell our audience, what have you been playing? I'm going to sound like a broken record for a while, so I apologize ahead of time. But I am playing Bravely Default 2 on the Switch, and uh, this game is everything I want. I'm a giant fan of Final Fantasy V. I'm a giant fan of Final Fantasy Tactics. So any game that allows me to mix and match job classes and to really customize my team, which... Be fair, I never change up my team dynamic like ever. It's always like fast hero, strong hero. Like it's like I got a fast person, I got a tank, I've got a offensive magic user, and I got a healer. You That's every healer. time, every time I play any single game like this. So like I'm not being original at all. But this game has a lot of great different job classes. The story is completely So that's what I was gonna ask you. My question for the audience about how many hours in are you? How would you say is the story so far and how do you like the characters so far? All right. So I'm like 13 or 14 hours in, um, which might not seem like a lot, but I've had it for two weeks and uh, I've pumped like probably like seven hours in each week. To me, the gameplay is, is, is top tier uh, in terms of, well, eh, not top tier. Uh, let me not say that. The, 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 the gameplay is top notch for what it is. Uh, as someone who grew up loving, like I said, stuff like Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, this scratches that itch better than anything. I also really love Octopath Traveler. So this also falls into that rain, uh, realm because it's like the same teams and stuff or similar teams are working on this stuff. Storyline, I'm going to be honest with you. This is as basic as basic does. Uh, it is not trying to reinvent the wheel with the story. You play as one of the, you play as the four heroes of light from the Final Fantasy games, essentially, because this game is fi a classic Final Fantasy without calling it classic Final Fantasy. The only thing you're missing are like the classic Final Fantasy monsters. Otherwise, everything about it, all the job classes, it's all like Final Fantasy job classes. You play as warriors of uh, heroes of light. But I think sometimes that's nice. If you are into those type of games, it's comfort food and it's more of what you like in a different way. Yep, it's, it's definitely the comfort food of uh, JRPGs, 100%. The storyline is pretty much this. You're a hero, you're a group of heroes, four heroes, four heroes of light, that can change their job classes through these things called asterisks, asterisks, uh, whatever. And you could change your job classes and mix and match. You can have like one main job and one sub job. You could change out all like your special abilities that you get. And from there, you go around this world and you save the four crystals that represent the four different elements of the world that kind of hold the world together. It's been part of Final Fantasy since literally the first game. And this game is definitely in the vein of Final Fantasy 1, 3, 5, Tactics, and Bravely Default. I love it. I'm having a blast. Obviously, I've been able to pump like 14, 15 hours into it in the, over the course of two weeks with a very busy schedule in life. So to be perfectly honest with you here, I'm, I'm all about this game. If you're looking for a classic RPG experience, if you're not looking for like best-selling best novel in terms of story, if you're looking for like a B story with some really fun, great turn-based uh, battle mechanics... This is a great game to play. I, I even like the character designs and people are hating on them because they look like they're on big head mode. It's like how I grew up, that's how they looked. It looks yeah. like Final Fantasy. Yeah. I mean, some people can't get over some of like the chibi-like character models, but I've heard that the environments are beautiful. I heard it's a polished square game. You get a polished, well-made game. I think it's great. 
I'm I really I really love it, and I played the heck out of Bravely Default one, and um, Bravely Second, cool. as well as Octopath Traveler, and as well as that Triangle Strategy game. So like this this like realm of Square Enix has got me hook, line, and sinker. Like I'm gonna buy <laughs> everything this group puts out. Awesome, awesome, very cool, Mike. Well, definitely uh, let us know how that game progresses. I will. And then when I'm done with it, you can all finally relax and say, oh, great. I don't have to hear about Bravely Default again. What about you? What are you playing? So I completed Pikmin 3 Deluxe on the Switch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't believe I slept on the series. If the first two were more accessible, I might even try and find them out. I thought the story was charming. I think the game is great. And I, I, I can't recommend this to enough people. If you're a Nintendo guy and you just ignored Pikmin 3, Definitely get around to it. Pikmin is one of those series that I, like you, slept on until 3 came out on Wii U, and I was so upset with myself after I finally played it that I was um, scouring the internet to try to find the first two games on Wii, but they were, like, so expensive. And I've heard the second is as good, if not a little better, than the third. From what people have told me on, you know, Gaming World. I think I think um, the third has more quality of life improvements. Yes. I like playing it on Switch. I loved playing it on Switch. But um, there was something special about playing it on Wii U because you could put the map on the gamepad right. and have the, uh, the the Wii remote with the nunchuck to play the game, and it worked out really well on Wii U. But Pikmin 3, man, that's that game's lights out good, and nobody gives it nearly enough credit. I agree. So I also played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts. I bought the HD collection. So I started that. I'm got to say I might fall off it's 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 an aged PS2 game it's rough the original I, and I didn't want to jump into like the second or third without playing the original and I've played the original a few times and I said this time I'm really going to go for it but it's it's rough the 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 combat the movement the gameplay the world it's very of a generation how how about them camera angles huh oh, the camera Ooh. angles are rough and brutal I, I started playing a little more MUA3 on the Switch which Marvel Ultimate Alliance I've already sunk 150 hours in I just because of Scarlet Witch and Vision and everything going on there, I, I jumped in, played a little bit of that. And then the big game that I started yesterday, and as I played about three hours of Miles Morales on the PS5. That game's good. And it is good. good. I, when they yeah. gave me fidelity mode versus performance, I said, give me that 60 FPS smooth butter. It's and so good. It, it, as much as I loved Spider-Man, I think this game, they just, on the PS5, they just, Took it up a notch. I can't wait now for a Spider-Man sequel, but I love Miles Morales. My one complaint, and people have said it, I don't necessarily love the voice actor from Miles Morales. I think he's a little whiny sounding, but that, hey, that. that's just a, maybe that's just my nitpick. Because I, you know, I, what the pro- the problem is, and I'll tell you what the problem is with that. Despite maybe because the Spideyverse one was better. The uh, the, the, the guy, the, yeah, the the actor who portrayed Miles in uh, Spider-Verse was so good. He was so good. He was so, so good. good. So good that yeah. uh, I could totally see why. Uh, this one um, might might wane on you a little bit, might grain on but you a this, little bit. But this game, it feels next gen. It's the first game that I've picked up that I'm experiencing the PS5, what it can do. It's smooth, the load times, it's cinematic, it's immersive, yeah. and I really feel like I've I've hit next gen. I highly suggest you if you if you got the version that came with the uh, up res version of Spider Man, I highly suggest giving that a shot too because it even makes the original Spider Man game look that much better. I'm gonna have to, yeah. And it looks so good. Like I I actually to kind of like uh, knock the rust off when I first started playing. I, I played some of the Spider Man DLC, and because I never played it before, and it's good I DLC, was, it's I very like, good DLC. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember seeing Spidey in a cutscene, and I was like, oh wow. Oh wow, this looks good. And I too, like you, switched over to uh, performance mode. Like that's what yeah. I'm gonna do when yeah. I replay Final Fantasy VII again. When I started imagining as I was playing Miles Morales, I'm like, I feel like they are, as far as a developer right now, they are top tier as far as just quality, polished gaming. And I would love to see what they could do with some other properties because I know you're a Spider-Man guy, and I love Rocksteady, but I'd love to see a next-gen Batman right now with just how smooth and buttery gorgeous this is. I would love to see something in that realm. I would love to see a next-gen Batman or them them to do something with um, more stuff with Spider-Man, obviously, but yeah. Batman would be great. Uh, I'm excited for Ratchet & Clank. Ratchet yeah. & Clank comes out in June, and that game looks awesome, and that also looks like it's really utilizing the PS5. For the month of March, everyone, if you own a PS5, if you're a PlayStation owner it is free to download ratchet and clank right now pretty yeah, cool so you, so you can play it at home so yeah. you stay home and uh it's great uh, the ratchet and clank uh i guess it's like a reboot um, yeah 
that they put out a couple of years ago. That game is awesome. If you have never played a Ratchet and Clank game before, you can start there because it's essentially the, uh, a restart of the series. And for, for those of you who always really wanted to see what it was like to play something similar to Mega Man in, a thir- in 3D, Ratchet and Clank is kind of the closest that we've ever gotten to actual like Mega Man gameplay. I'm not talking about Legends, which is more like Zelda, but Ratchet and Clank is like quick, fast, frenetic, blasting away action. And boy, are those games good. Totally. Absolutely. So, Mike, that's what I've been playing. Sounds I want to fun. thank. Yeah, it's, I'm having a great time. Gaming is always when when you hit a lull in gaming, it'd be frustrating. But when you have too many games to play, it's, it's always a good problem to have. You know, it's good when when there's a lull in releases so that you can catch up on the stuff that you've been uh, neglecting over time. So that's totally. a good thing. Absolutely. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike, for thank joining you, me. Matt. Where can people find you and see you and watch you and listen to you? All right. You can find me here. Every week on the Hall of Fame podcast. So thank you for that. Uh, You can also find me on Twitter at the underscore Mike underscore Staub. You can also find me on Instagram with that same handle. And you could find me on another podcast I do called How About This, which uh, we talk about fantasy pitches for all sorts of uh, franchises out there. Uh, We're on Instagram as well there at How About This Pod. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm pretty present on the internet. So you can find me if you want to uh, tell me that my opinions are bad, then by all (laughs) means, please. And I just wanted to say that uh, with this past week, we had 1,000 downloads for our podcast, which is really cool. So I like to see that our community is growing. And uh, thank you guys for sharing the word. Yeah, thank you, everyone out there. That's really cool. Uh, Be sure to continue to like, comment, subscribe, and do all that stuff. Because anytime you write something or give us a review, it actually really helps our visibility. So um, if you got a minute and you're a fan of the show, let your friends know, too. It'd be great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Mike, see you next time. Yeah, I'll see you next time, dude. You guys, for whatever we're talking about. For everything and anything, and play all those games. Please do. They, they're, they've actually all called me and said um, <laughs> they feel like they haven't been, uh, haven't been getting the proper attention. You know you got a game back from, like, 2019 that's, like, really needs some time, and you should go ahead and find that game and play it. Yeah, if they, if they collect, call you, pick up, you know, answer. Always, always. Don't, don't, don't ditch them. Don't ghost these games, guys. They're out there. They need to be played. You should play Persona 5. Just do it. Finally, just bite the bullet and do it. Awesome. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.